This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Everybody, Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast here. I got a special guest, Erica Duran. She is a lifestyle design coach that I heard on another podcast, and I thought she'd be a really good person to bring on to the podcast. Even though she's not quite real estate focused, she's got the simple passive cash flow mindset, and she is helping others build lifestyle tenants that they want. Hi, Erica. How are you doing? Hi, Lane. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Where are you uh, today? <laughs> today? Well, I'm actually home free, so I'm probably against your real estate <laughs> uh, model there. But uh, I am at the Palms Resort in Las Vegas today uh, for a couple weeks, actually, doing some VIP day intensives. Yeah, I'm uh, originally from Hawaii, and one day I'd like to move back, but I don't want to be there all the time. Yeah. It'd be nice to be in Seattle part of the year, so... We're definitely going to have to talk about making that happen one day. Yeah, I, the just heard, I just heard back from Hilton Waikoloa on the Big Island, and they want me to come back this next year, so I'm excited about that. Great. So we've got this list of questions, and uh, let's just dig right into it. Sure. First question, Erica, is uh, how much simple passive cash flow are you making today, and how are you doing it? Yeah, like uh, most of my business is still one-to-one coaching and mentoring. That's where most of my cash flow comes in from. But I do have semi, I say semi because I just launched my group program and it's about $30,000 a month. Quasi-passive right now, I'm still building out the modules, so it's not completely passive. But once the modules are built out, it would be, uh, that whole thing would be pretty much passive income. And then I have some podcast sponsors where I kind of see it as I'm doing the podcast anyway. So with or without them, I would be doing that. So that's somewhat passive income. That's another couple thousand dollars a month. Do you like to coach people one-on-one? Is that something that you like to do or is it just not scalable in your opinion? Uh, I love coaching people one-on-one. People really get the support they need when they are, you know, in a safe space without anyone else judging them or anything in a group program to really get the help they need and really open up and get the help they need and be vulnerable uh, without worried about their people, uh, you know, <laughs> making fun of them or, or poking at their insecurities or what have you. Um, but sca- uh, the way to scale the one-to-one coaching is with the group coaching. And that's what I just opened last month is a group coaching and mastermind program called Club Alihi. So that's how I'm scaling it. Right. Sounds like you're definitely on the runway to uh, financial freedom there. <laughs> the question two is, I know you mentioned earlier that you don't listen to Star Wars, but... <laughs> I did. Most- yeah, I'm embarrassed. Not- <laughs> I never saw the movie and I'm so embarrassed now. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're going to start be making uh, Star Wars movies every other year. So you better oh, jump on the band right now. <laughs> but for, for the rest of the uh, five listeners here... <laughs> who uh, know what Star Wars is, um, I call this the Han Solo moment. Okay. So in the movie, there was this uh, Han Solo character, and he and his buddy Chewbacca were cruising around the galaxy, and they met up with main characters, and their life took a pivot point. When is in your life did you take a pivot point and burn the boats and what eventually led to what you're doing today? Yeah, well, I was a hotel executive at several hotel chains like Marriott. I was a a sales manager for the Western region in Hawaii. So one day I just was tired of the politics and walked out at lunch and didn't really go back after lunch. So I think that was really burning the boats because the hotel industry is very small and 
I just kind of walked out and was and was done with it. And uh, I was divorced, and I didn't really have family, so I was really all up to me. I didn't, you know, at the time it didn't seem so heroic, but when I went back, I'm kind of like, what was I thinking? Was it one particular incident, or was it just like a buildup? <laughs> uh, it was it was a buildup, but then it's it's funny you're in Seattle. It's I I went on a five day vacation to Seattle, and my boss uh, that didn't like me kind of set up a bunch of mistakes and errors to happen while I was on vacation that was in my department. So I was just tired of that kind of backstabbing politic kind of thing going on. And that eventually led down the path of your coaching business. It did. It's been about 15 years now, and I've been in many different entrepreneurial ventures and everything, but it all led up to this one accumulation of everything in this coaching business. So right after you uh, quit at lunchtime, <laughs> how long were you in free fall, not with a plan and not going into the coaching? Yeah, I was uh, really interested in a lot of things. So I, I was everything from a financial planner to a short sale specialist for real estate for uh, quite a while. I was a web designer. I just did all kinds of things and nothing really took off, but I didn't really put my all into it either. I was just, I think I was just kind of playing around entrepreneur, researching and learning and I would get clients, but nothing serious. So that was quite a long time. I, I'd say five, 10 years of ups and downs and surviving instead of just really getting my act together and focusing and picking something, picking one thing. And what was it that made you finally go down the path of the coaching? Uh, I was actually just listening to my audience. I kept trying to sell myself as a productivity expert because I wanted to take my professional organizing business online and I wanted to uh, not have a home base and travel full time. And I was like, well, how does organizing translate to online? And I came up with productivity because I loved all the Franklin Covey stuff and everything. So I did that and I survived with that at about three to 5,000 a month, but nothing really livable or scalable or anything. As I was teaching entrepreneurs productivity, they started asking me tons of other questions like, how do you do this on your website? And how do you do, how do you market on Twitter? And how do you market on Facebook? And just tons of business coaching type questions for like modern online entrepreneurs. And I just kept helping them with all those different pieces. And I kept not wanting to call myself a business coach because honestly, I felt there was just so many idiots running around on Facebook calling themselves business coaches. So I stayed away from that. But in the end, I had to just call myself what I was doing. I was coaching them on their sales, their marketing, their website, their social media, everything to with their business. It wasn't really productivity anymore. So I just had to suck it up and call myself what I was because that's what people are searching for on Google. They don't search necessarily productivity expert. They search how to get clients or how to market on Twitter or something like that, a business coach even. So you're a good example of someone who listened to their customers and organically grew the business. And you also mentioned another thing earlier there that you had the lifestyle in mind and you always had that as a, at the forefront and then built a business around that, it seemed like. 
Uh, yeah, of course, because I didn't want to give myself just a bad job again. <laughs> so always keep the, and I've, I, uh, didn't listen to myself a lot of times. And I would, when I was a professional organizer, of course, you know, you have to be there in person with the customer. So yeah, I was free. I didn't have a job and I had my own business, but here I am surrounded by clutter every day, which I hate because I'm a minimalist and I'm surrounded by clutter and I'm having to be in person with people uh, and helping them in person. So I took a lot of clients and random jobs and things like that that weren't location independent uh, and had to, when I finally stopped doing that and just stuck my you know, flag in the ground and said, I'm not doing that anymore, then everything went the way I wanted to. It's us deciding that's the problem a lot of times. Third question here is, what's your worst life or business moment? And what did you do after that? And what was the lesson learned? Yeah, well, uh, there was about five years, not too long ago, I was just surrounded by all kinds of death and disease and family tragedies and just one thing after another and trying to when you're in it you don't feel like it's affecting your your business and yourself so much I mean I was still blogging every week I was still on social media every day but I was just kind of going through the motions didn't really see how much that was really affecting me and what it taught me is you really do have to claim it you know just because you're doing all these things like blogging and social media it's not necessarily going to happen for you you have to really hustle and claim it in the beginning at least to get your momentum going and another thing is this no matter what I want to learn or do I'm going to just go cut the timeline short and get coaching and mentoring around it because I wasted probably five to seven years just fumbling around instead of the minute I signed up for coaching, I turned around within 30 days. It was crazy. Right. And that's, I just had another guest on here and that was something that he said he, he throws 20, 25 grand on consultants for each of his business. And he just skips that learning curve and he saves all the mistakes up front. Yeah, instead of trying to learn everything, I tell my clients now they want to learn Facebook ads or they want to learn this or that. I'm like, no, we're we're just going to make you successful, make you money, and then we're going to hire people to do your Facebook ads. Like, why are you learning everything? <laughs> Both of us probably pull out hair when we hear people worrying about how much the shovel costs when they're, the job is to dig a hole. Right, right. And it's an energetic thing when you invest in yourself. You're kind of taking yourself seriously now. You're, you know, not available for being broke or struggling anymore. You're just not available for it. Right. And I say this also with a caveat. In the in the real estate world, there are a lot of bad seminars out there <laughs> for mm-hmm. wholesaling, especially. You know, I mean, a lot of these seminars cost about $20,000. And the payout for a potential project is about $20,000. I mean, those seminars definitely don't make sense in my head. But for, you know, something big like apartment buildings, when you're talking about four or five million dollar projects, $20,000, $30,000 coaching help is a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at, especially in my business, you know, they're investing five to $10,000 in some coaching, but they're going to they don't just make that money back. They they make that money money back month after month after month. And time is your most important thing. Right. So question four here. A mark of a high performer, as you know, is uh, to put your ego aside and accept the help of others. 
So, Erica, what's your two-week experiment that you're currently working on, and what's what's your six-month project that you're also working on? Yeah, my I guess my two-week experiment is I'm totally revamping my VIP day intensive. So I've done them before, but I want to take it up a notch and add a two-night stay at a luxury resort and add also the six-month group program and mastermind to it and just re revamp the whole program, really. So that's something that's very short-term for me that I'm working on literally today. The six months, uh, I mean, I hate to keep bringing this up, but going back to my, my group program and mastermind, building out 20 modules because that's my road to having a lot more passive income and uh, not repeating myself every single day with different people. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why we both have podcasts because, I mean, I feel like I got, I get really good at some of these can, these can talks that I just, did you, you know, did you see podcast number 52 or podcast 11? What's your simple passive cash flow number? It's the kind of the ultimate goal that you can kind of put things in neutral at that point. I would probably say, well, it depends because my lifestyle keeps changing. Uh, but for now, it would probably be if I if I doubled it, it would probably be around sixty to eighty thousand a month. Then again, I'm a I'm a middle minimalist, so I don't need that much. And then my podcast sponsors pay for a lot of my travel and room and board, so I I've kind of been scrappy and scaled that way, being resourceful and negotiating these stays and things like that. So. Uh, I don't need that much actual cash. Uh, I wouldn't turn it away, but I don't. I don't need that much. <laughs> People all have all sorts of goals out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm at. I'm honestly with my one-to-one coaching. I'm at around uh, usually twenty thousand a month. I mean, there's always ups and downs. Uh, and then the group program is going to add another thirty to sixty plus to that. So. What my goal is, I mean, I don't want very much. So it's interesting. Entrepreneurs, the reason or why you got to the place you're at is when you hit that goal, you're just going to keep going more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a new level. That's why I'm trying to tell my clients don't get so caught up getting this goal or, or what have you. Cause there's always another level. You're not going to stop once you hit this level. Uh, and a lot of them are funny because when they finally do start selling their premium packages, they, you know, they sell their first $5,000 package or whatever. They, they are so, when they finally get on the phone with me to celebrate about it, they're already on to the next goal. And I'm like, wait, 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 you just, you were worried about, you would never ever sell a package and now you've just sold one and now you're worried about next week. Like it's so funny. They don't stop and realize that they did what they were so worried about. Part of the reason I ask this question is a lot of people have these limiting beliefs that, you know, I just want to make $2,000 a month. They need to hear other people attacking their goals with the same drive that they're attacking their 2000 goal. Right. I ask people even in my first uh, free session with them, what's your survival number? What's your really comfortable number? And what's your Beyonce living <laughs> number? Um, so that they can, so I can get an idea of where they're at mentally with their wealth consciousness and things like that. Question six, I don't know if you, uh, you subscribe to Tony Robbins mentality, but he talks about two areas to continually struggle to gain perfection. The first is the order of fulfillment and the second is the science of achievement. So Eric, if you died tomorrow, what would be your final words of wisdom for both of those, the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment? Yeah, for the achievement piece, I would say that 
people would just have to claim it. They have to go after what they want and stop researching so much and just try it. Because a lot of times I've went after something and when I got it, I didn't want it. Uh, you're never going to know until you, you try it. <laughs> and then the fulfillment piece, I would say, is knowing what you desire and what you yourself want. I think this statistic is less than 1% of the people even know what they want. They're just kind of going through life, going through the motions, trying to fit into society and everything or their family dynamics. And they don't even know what they want. And it's really sad when I first get a client, they're kind of like that too. They're so disoriented and unattached to what they really want. Uh, and it's really neat to see within just a couple weeks, see them start to really claim what they want and go after it and not be in this fog anymore. They seem to kind of walk around in a fog sometimes. That's kind of why I brought you on here. You're, you can help people think outside the box. A lot of real estate investors, they're just merely trying to replace part of their income or replace one of their incomes. And I think what you can help these folks are is, you know, this whole lifestyle independence and you know what's after you quit your job what then so erica thank you uh for coming on anything we missed or you want to leave your contact information in? yeah i i don't think we missed anything uh my all of my online social media blog vlog podcast everything of course is attached to ericaduran.co so that's my main website and that's where everything else is attached to so if they want to Visit me there. I also have a private Facebook group that's free uh, that people can join in. There's about 1,200 uh, lifestyle entrepreneurs in there, and it's fun. <laughs> I, I really suggest people get in those kinds of groups. I mean, it's a lot better than your average mundane news feed. I mean, to get in t- and seeing what these people are posting in these specialized groups is really you know, just so important to watch your peer group and what you're consuming from them. Yeah, and it really does become a, a marketplace of other entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. I had my first 20K weeks solely from just the relationships I built in Facebook groups. So if you guys want to reach out to Erica, her uh, URL is E-R-I-C-A-D-U-R-A-N. And um, I'm sure they can Google you like how I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Google's my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Erica. Keep thanks, everybody. Time. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.